Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about fire rooms, bubble necklaces, and uh, more fire rooms. Because there's really not like a lot in this episode except just fire rooms. So that's really what we're going to talk about a lot in this week's episode. I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Hopefully you're not in your own room of fire. I am not in my own room of fire. Um, I am just in my basement of normal. It's a little less exciting than a room of fire, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, no, I'm doing good. Had a good Christmas. Had a nice little break. Break from work. Still on break from work, luckily. Um, it's been nice. And just stayed in. Had a good time. Santa came. Ate all of our cookies. The Monster Man. Um, <laughs> and uh, brought brought my kids some stuff. And, my, and we're having a good time having a good time the baby dragon is placated and it was apparently very good this year so santa needs audited <laughs> oh nice uh, well uh yeah we had a lovely holiday as well um you know obviously our baby dragon is on the way in the next couple of months in fact um so, so i feel giant and exhausted all the time it's great uh but we didn't actually grow up with Santa, my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't do it. And by the way, guys, like Santa, totally real. Like we didn't, we just didn't grow up. What are you talking we didn't about? Grow like, up like sending him letters, right? But you know, he's totally. Santa real. didn't stop at your house. It's fine. Yeah, it's he fine. didn't stop at our house. It's all good. Uh, but Tim really wants to to write le- ha- you know write letters to Santa and have right. our kid write letters to Santa, the the totally real person. Yep. Um, so he, we were kind of having a little practice this year, um, and <laughs> yeah, he was getting really excited. So it was just really cute. Oh, like, Santa's telling me Santa's all the, best. all the fun details about Santa. Yeah. Santa, Santa's the best. Uh, like I said, I think I said it in last week as of when, if you skipped it, cause it was a filler Christmas episode. I get it. Uh, one of my, my biggest stress, uh, I don't. stress, uh, well, I do, <laughs> I understand there's a lot going on. There's a lot to be watching and listening to right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy you're here now. Uh, because right now the only thing that pulled me away to do this was the fact that I found a natural break in watching Bridger. I can't say the name. I cannot say Bridgerton, Bridgerton, Bridgerton. Is it a name you have to say with an English accent? Like Bridgerton. It's easier that way. I think Bridgerton. Yes, it does. It does help. Bridgerton. I have finished first season. I'm not going to spoil Thank things you. for you, Abby. But uh, suffice to say, I, it's, it's, is my delicious brand of cheese. I'm having a wonderful time watching oh, it. it. Yeah. This is, this is like someone re- read like Pride and Prejudice and went, I'm going to do something different. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do, let's, let's, what if Jane Austen had more sex? And, uh, and also just like, you know, Jane Austen was a genius at, uh, at, at social commentary and, and, and she had such a biting wit, but it was a biting wit within the context of the time. This takes our modern context and translates it back into, uh, Regency era. So it's like, it, it, it's a little bit more accessible, but I'm not going to say it's more biting than Jane Austen because it's not. No, no, no. Uh, I, I will say that this is, when you say it's my brand of cheese, I, I agree. It's it, This is my kind of like romance novels. I always love this where it's like, what if Pride and Prejudice had more sex in bushes? 
Like, <laughs> yep. Like it's just like look, it's the same. It's this, but it's it's also there's sex involved. Uh, yeah. So I've been watching. Yeah, that. yeah. Don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> oh no! Don't and no baby dragons allowed. Like it, nope, no baby dragons allowed. Uh, and it, it's not. And just make make sure we're calculating everything. It's not Fifty Shades of Grey bad, but it's just mm. it's it's weird. It gets weird every once in a while, which I was not expecting. I knew nothing about it other than a tweet I saw from you. I was like, what's this about two Scorpios? And I started watching it. I'm like, what the? What's happening? <laughs> as as a Scorpio who was in a relationship with a Scorpio, that, that I did send a tweet out about. I wrote that Bridgerton is what happens when two Scorpios try to make it work. That was based on personal experience. <laughs> we'll not go into details, though. Uh, no one needs them. Uh, nope, nope, <laughs> but anyway, do so we're, we're, we're going to talk about the show everyone else is actually here to talk about, and we don't have to talk about it in vague, um, vague terms. We are here to just rip apart Once Upon a Timing for all of its nuance and all of its biting wit. <sighs> yes, we are, well, I mean, not this, this episode, maybe, maybe not so much, well, but we're going to do all of it, whether do. it's some or none. So, I mean, it's all of yeah. it. <laughs> Well, this is uh, season two, episode eight of Once Upon a Time, Into the Deep, which, uh, lo and behold, is not uh, an Adele song, nor is, <laughs> nor is it uh, a reference to anything under the sea. Although we do get, actually, we do get a little mention of the squid ink with the mermaid. Yeah. At one point, Rumpel says something's at the bottom of a bottomless ocean. Rumpel, I don't think you know how... Um, how that works yeah i know right it's at the bottom of the bottom it doesn't have a bottom but if there was a bottom that's where it would be yeah bottom. <laughs> the bottom bottom, bottom. yes yeah, so um so we're gonna go ahead and uh dive on into this episode which i mean let's just be honest like we're following child of the moon which was not a standout episode but it was also it was filler it was like a filler episode just side plot stuff this one is filler in a different way. It is transitional filler. This is, we need to get from point A to point B. We're just going to spend an episode getting us almost to that point so shit can go down. Which means next week, Queen of Hearts, I'm hoping, is flat out bombastic. <laughs> but this one... Uh... This one this one was us, us rushing. We were rushing to a point here. Uh yep. And there was just a lot of kind of, especially when we get towards the end with the Red Room of Fire, a lot of yada, yada, yadaing, being like, oh, it's this and this and it's this. I mean, I didn't understand the plan until we got there. And then once I understood the plan, I was like, this plan doesn't make any sense. And then that's when they realized the plan didn't make any sense. Like they both, everyone, including the watchers, realized at the exact same time how terrible this plan was uh, because I didn't quite get it. None of it made sense. Even Snow didn't quite understand what was going on. Uh, it is a whole situation. So, yeah. Wait, so episode, yeah, we open yeah. on uh, Captain Hook, who has just uh, escaped the giant's clutches and made his way down the beanstalk, and he is greeted by a familiar face. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I love Cora here because it, it she definitely had to. Oh, I'm about I'm about to stroll with my with my little parasol. I'm just oh look, it's a it's a it's a pirate at the bottom of a beanstalk. Hello, um, she happens upon Hook and she's just like, hey man, where is my compass? And he's like, um, I got my pirate booty <laughs> handed to me by a blonde lady in a jacket. <laughs> Uh, she she changed she handcuffed me to something. Um, it was all very exciting until she left, uh, so I don't have it. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but our deal stands, and we're totally gonna get it back. I don't even any. I think it's the first time that he says "swan" the way that he does. He was just that swan girl, and I was like, "Ooh!" Like it's just one of those. I forgot how much <laughs> listening to Hook say "swan" just works. It's just like that yeah. when he says like "love" and stuff. What? That, Colin has this way of saying, like, anytime he, he, like, addresses anybody, you're just like, okay, yes. It's like, coming on the heels of watching Bridgerton, because I binged it over a couple of days during Christmas vacation, um, any, we've got, we've got, we open on a, a lovely promenade uh, about town with Cora, and then we've got uh, Hook saying things in his lovely lilt, and so it's just like, you know, 
having just binged a bunch of uh, Bridgerton, it's uh, it's 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 reminding me of of familiar things. <laughs> oh, the impropriety of it all. Handcuffed to a vent. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, Cora, Cora doesn't have time for this. She nope. doesn't want to listen to whatever like weird. De- She's like, I don't want to deal with whatever like weird uh, sea shanty like promises that you may be making to me i don't have time for this at all and she like literally like throws him on the ground at a certain point like cora i am terrified of cora cora has the kind of like terrifying of like she does have like that evil stepmother mother embodiment where she doesn't ever really raise her voice but that doesn't matter because i think if she raised her voice it wouldn't work she's just like no i don't have time for this and then she just Tosses him aside like a ragdoll. Goodbye. Yeah, she's she's the character that, like, unlike Regina, because Regina was never able to do this, and even Rumple was never quite able to master this. Cora is the only character so far in the series, and as far as I know, at all in this whole show, who is always confident in what she's doing, even if it doesn't go according to plan. Because she's already thinking of a new plan. Like, she is just so calm and confident in her in her evil schemes. There's never any room for doubt. Because she doesn't have that cowardice. She doesn't have that, that, that anxiety or fear. She's just gung-ho and doesn't need to worry about anything or anyone. I would listen to Cora's TED Talk about, like... Not the fake it till you make it, but just have confidence. Do what you do with intention. Walk into the room knowing exactly what you're doing and everyone will look at you. And that's what she does. Mm -hmm. Every time she walks into a room, she knows everyone's there to see her, even if no one knew she was coming. Uh, She she just carries that. She has that, like, gung-ho-ness. And to to your point about her uh, even being confident in her mistakes, much like a cat. A cat falls Mm -hmm. off something and then immediately just starts licking their paws like, I meant to do this. This is getting me to a better position. I'm actually, I was actually going to do that the whole time. Like, it was all orchestrated. You just think it was a fall because you're not as smart as me. It just reminds me that uh, I believe in this season we're getting her backstory with with Rose McGowan playing her as a younger version. Oh my God. I I remember that. that was, that was intense and I'm actually really looking forward to it. Oh man, crossover. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh so yeah, so she throws him as- she throws Hook aside, like, you know, like I-, I I don't have an analogy for this. She just throws him aside. And she's like, I don't need you. Because you know what I do have? I have a zombie army. And <laughs> I would like to point out that this is not dealt with in a way that made sense to me because isn't she rising the dead people from the old camp because she has all their hearts? Yeah, this was confusing to me because later on, one of the characters in our inner circle won't reveal who it is yet, although I'm assuming we all know because we've all watched it. Uh, she never collapsed to the ground dead. All, all these characters, like when someone gets their heart ripped out, they don't, they don't die. Until she crushes it. They they just become like... They become zombies. So... But maybe... Maybe her command to all the hearts was... Lie down and play dead. I mean, they were also underground. Which seems like... Just be like... I would like to show how in control I am. And she's holding their hearts going... Bury yourself in the dirt. And they're like... Yes, ma'am. Do, do, do. <laughs> like burying themselves. Like that one spider on, on YouTube. That just buries himself. Um my favorite video it's like a decade old i just realized it's just this giant spider look it up if you're not afraid of spiders it's a great i'll link it i don't know what i'll do anyway it doesn't matter (laughs) she rises a like a no one comments on this like mulan should know who these people are and so should Mm -hmm. aurora no aurora wouldn't know only mulan would know i guess uh they never comment on it but also mulan kind of sucks in this episode spoiler alert i don't care for any of the decisions she makes um But, yeah, they never comment on it. But, yeah, she's definitely raising all of her dead friends. But, again, you're right. This doesn't make sense with the the heart situation unless she then also killed them. Like, if you kill somebody but keep their heart, do they stay alive? Like, do you have... Frankenstein would be very interested to listen to this theory. Like, 
Like yeah, they're still they're still alive because we have people get their hearts ripped out all the time on this show from here on out. This is a very common occurrence. I believe Snow gets her heart ripped out at one point. It happened, but didn't it happen to Graham? Graham was just up and living his life. Yeah. Doing his thing. I, I, and we, maybe we'll get into this, this conversation at a different time because I know we have a lot to discuss, but I just, the, the, the mechanics of, and we will have to probably get into it with one of the characters, uh, but just the mechanics of what the, the person knows and doesn't know. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, the heart stealing part apparently gets blanked out, but like, how much do you have to control? It's, it's, I have so many questions. I have a lot of questions. We'll get to them when we, we deal with Aurora, I guess. Oh, spoilers, by the way. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, anyway. speaking of Aurora, she's she's woken up from some dreamland in the Red Room of Fire, which is our main location for this episode, is a room of fire where everyone has to scream and yell over the fire. I, 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 I don't get why this is our meeting place for the show. Like the curse meeting place. Like when I go to sleep after a curse, I automatically see myself in a red room of fire. I don't know who decided that, but whoever did, I mean, I got to give you props because it, it becomes very important. It, it has a lasting legacy for better or worse. I will say like, they tried to kind of like explain the lore of this very quickly. Like Rumpel goes through it sort of which by the way is my favorite part of the episode because it's like okay here this is what the plan is and then rumple goes oh also by the way here's 15 other things you didn't know good luck um <laughs> the the whole thing just is very muddled to me and i i like i get it that the red room is like you go after you've woken from a sleeping curse it's like this weird halfway point because apparently when you're in the cursed sleep it's nothing you're like just in like I don't know, a mirrored room as we, as we see later. Uh, but like, once you've woken up, you end up trapped in this, like your dream world is some hellish landscape. So again, I don't like this only because the way that the actors are screaming doesn't make sense to me. Like they're screaming, like they're far from each other. Not like it's loud, which are different screams, like different mm-hmm. elevated voices. Like that's the part it like almost to the point of almost annoying me not to want to watch that like wanting to scrub forward because in this not 100 percent henry's fault but aurora does it and snow does it and charming does it spoilers but it's just this like really guttural like like you're trying to get someone's attention across the stadium as opposed to two people in a club who are two feet from each other but somehow can't hear each other you're not screaming with that guttural you know trying to carry your voice you're just trying to talk louder um, it's that yeah, but yeah. Anyway. also it's just like I don't know. It, it it feels like somebody thought of this as a a cool way to do to to do drama, or the CGI department. You're like, oh, we have to make something look high stakes. Oh, well, we just came up with this fire tech. Let's use the fire tech everywhere. Uh, but so that so yeah, so um, Aurora has woken up and uh confirms that she saw Henry in the red room of fire, and Emma shows. Uh, her a photo and it's it's like yeah that's the boy that i saw and that's where we learn another truth about this fiery red room of pain and death uh because snow's been there even though she didn't tell aurora and aurora gets like this is a level of betrayal that is unparalleled (laughs) i love it so much she's so mad she's just like why wouldn't you tell me Snow makes a very valid argument. I didn't want to scare you anymore. So, like, Snow, the way Snow explained it when Aurora brought it up was just, hey, I also had bad dreams. Like, this was more of an omission lie as opposed to, Mm -hmm. and it was just like, listen, I was under a sleeping curse and I had nightmares afterwards, too. Because Snow also wasn't sure because, you know, that that seems odd to to both be having the same dreams, but maybe it was like a therapy thing that she didn't understand. So she wasn't going to be like, oh my god, I had those dreams too. Let's start speculating wildly about, like, what it could mean. Uh, But yeah, Aurora had that, like, you knew he was cheating on me the whole time and you didn't say anything. And Snow's like, listen, how dare you? I told you my husband lit a candle for me. You're a monster. Like, we shared something together. Yeah, and besides, Mary Margaret, Mary Margaret is figuring this out in the moment that the that the sleeping curse is their connection that you know she's had it 
Henry's had it. Aurora's had it. So clearly they're returning to this space uh, because of their sleeping curse. But they can communicate. And that's where, you know, they get a little glimmer of hope of, oh, we can talk to them. Ideally, Mr. Gold, figure out their, their goal this episode is not to get out. It's to stop Korra. Um, which I thought was, um, I thought it was, did we, did we like, did something happen off screen where we confirmed that Korra was still a very big threat? I mean, they know that she has the other thing, like she has the dust. Oh, the dust. But yeah. It's she now, has the it's, dust. It, which I think they should have framed it a little different. Like it's now a race to Storybrooke. It's who can get to Storybrooke faster. Um, Mm -hmm. because right now you got to get there faster because you have stuff she wants. So it's like, everybody's racing for re it's a resource grab and it's whoever gets a storybook first, but they're framing it. Like we must stop Cora. And it's just like, we no, we don't have to stop Cora. We just have to get to storybook faster than she can with all of the tools she would have allotted to her. Cause if she doesn't have this compass, bitch, she ain't got nothing. Um, but yeah, Aurora sucks in this episode. So to speak on, I feel like we're lacking with like backstory on them because all we know is them in like this chaotic survival mode and they both are not fun uh yeah because you know they they decide to head uh they decide to continue they're they're continuing their travels to do something oh i think they want to get to higher ground so that aurora can can go to sleep again it's like everything hinges on aurora you can need to find you a place to take a nap i would never i would i would never (laughs) fall asleep i would just be too anxious to be like i have to sleep i have to sleep why am i still awake oh no (laughs) And Mulan uh, notices that Aurora's arm is burned, which is something you and I had talked about previously, Abby. Of like, why was Henry getting burned when Aurora wasn't? She is. She's getting burned too. And um, this this conversation was really funny to me because it's so dramatic. But it like if you if you if you peel if you peel back the the interpersonal drama, um, it's Aurora being like, "Damn it." I have one purpose on this earth and it's to go take a nighty night time. <laughs> I need to take a nap nap. And it is the, it, it hinges on my, it's like, I did nothing. I did nothing. Everyone risked everything for me. And now my chance is to be a savior by sleeping. And damn it. It is what I will do. Aurora would have done really well in the pandemic, by the way. It's just like, it is my patriotic duty to not leave and just sleep all day. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I am in. Yes. Uh, Aurora but- is a COVID-19, COVID-19 heroine. But Mulan doesn't want her to do this. Like, we haven't quite figured out Mulan at this point, but it's definitely one of those she doesn't want. She doesn't want Aurora to do anything ever, include sleeping now. <laughs> uh, and she's just really like they never have normal conversations. It's just these like weird, rapidly yelling, like mid like. There's no just normal talk. Like, hey, let's just talk this out. It's just a lot of aggressive, we're all on the same side, but we're all yelling kind of thing. Um, and it is it, it, it just weird and uncomfortable for me, and I didn't like it. But Aurora's just like, I'm going to take a nap, and it's going to be amazing. I'm going to save everybody. You lives. can't stop me. You can't <laughs> stop me. I'm not going to I'm the problem with, for now. <laughs> I think the problem with it is that Mulan isn't, like, her motivation, and this is what she tells Aurora to her face, is that I promised Prince Philip I would look after you and take care of you. Like, it's not about her. It's about her, Milan's promise to Prince Philip. Like, Aurora doesn't factor into this at all. At least not for a while. I know their relationship changes over the course of the season, and that's going to lead to uh, certain shipping directions that went unfulfilled. But uh, at this point, Mulan doesn't actually care about Aurora. In fact, I personally feel like she does not like her one bit. No, she doesn't like her, but she's also, she uses the excuse she's trying to keep her safe for Philip. But I would argue that almost every single thing Mulan does puts Aurora in even more danger. Like, (laughs) she, every choice she makes, like, so, so what ends up happening here, like, is where I'm leading to, is that her decision to after this next scene we're going to talk about to to factor off from them like escape and to not fight with them like what do you, what do you think you're gonna fight 30 bo- zombies by yourself and save aurora why wouldn't you save strength in numbers like a whole thing but no she like goes and then oh no is surprisingly 
overtaken. Like, every part of this is bad. Like, anyway, anyway. What happened yeah, is Aurora, Aurora goes to sleep. Yeah, she goes back to sleep and she meets Henry in the Red Room of Fire. And um, we're going to travel to Storybrooke in a minute, hear what Henry's message was. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't quite get through. Aurora cannot hear him over the loud booming of all the exploding fire. Even though Henry is still wearing the necklace, the bubble necklace that should be able to stop the fire. At no point does he activate it to be like, all right, let's have a human conversation. Yeah. And Aurora gets sucked away in a in a giant tornado, which Which doesn't happen to Snow later. She just quietly disappears. She just fades into nothing. She does not get sucked up by a twister. Like it happens to I think Aurora, that... but then not Snow. Is it because she was well, woken up violently? Yes, that's what okay. they said. Then that's because that's the reason they also gave for Henry being burned as badly as he was, which did not make sense. It was no that explanation was 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 incorrect, <laughs> but that's the one that they gave because she was pulled away so violently and she was forcibly woken up before her time. Uh, because Aurora was in Dreamland, she got that REM cycle. You don't interrupt someone in their REM yeah. cycle. Can't can't do that. Can't do that. But for for Snow, she was actually like naturally okay. waking up. So I think that's why it looked a little bit, but. It's also for the drama because every other time we've seen the Red Room of Fire, a character is just in there until they open their eyes. They don't gently drift away with 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 their loved one in front of them. I love but anyway. That, I love that by the way. With that 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 happens to Snow, like the queen of meditation. She is going to calmly wake up from being drugged, like, um, yeah, and then no, freak we- the, the frick out. Uh, but yeah, so she gets woken up because, oh no, they're being attacked by this army of zombies. And th- th- this was a weird addition to the episode in multiple ways. It was like, she raises them up, then they're in the title card, and then this is the only time they show up, and then they're never seen again. Hooray! So they're like, like it, the way it's presented is that these zombies are going to be like a major threat to... Our, our heroes, our, our quartet, but they're not. They're here for one scene and then there's nothing and that's it. And it's really weird to me. I, yeah, they just show up and then they kind of disappear. And then as far as I know, I don't think we deal with zombies later. So I, I think they were just like, let's not talk about the zombie episode again. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, sh- <laughs> Mulan wakes up Aurora very violently, just shaking the shit out of her. Uh, and Emma and Swan, Emma, Emma and Swan, Emma and Snow are battle royale. I want to know how many arrows Snow has in her quiver. Like, we never see her, like, gather and dress them again, uh, but whatever. Yeah, Snow is just out there being, like, freaking Hawkeye, just, or I guess in this time period, Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> and they're having this, like, really fast conversation. How do we kill these guys? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, with apparently, them. we're it's working. Whatever we're doing, so we're just gonna. Keep, they're stopping. We're just gonna keep shooting. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, Mulan and Aurora make a break for it, and it goes about as well as you would think it would go. With one person having no fighting skills and the other person, I guess, not having up close prepared for melee battle. Like I, this whole episode does such an injustice to Mulan, and it makes me upset. Just like yeah. Because she immediately gets tackled, and then you hear Aurora in the background going, no! No! And then she's gone. Uh, And so then um, uh, Mulan decides what she's going to do is go back to camp real quick, grab the compass, and find Aurora and and make a trade. Uh, She she gets... um, she gets apprehended very quickly, like by an arrow to a tree, and she snow. <laughs> that was I didn't miss. It was a warning shot. Just letting you know I did not screw that up. If I wanted to kill you, you'd already be dead. <laughs> I love how much a badass snow is in these first couple of episodes. Like she's just like got so much to prove from twenty eight years of being a school teacher. <laughs> she's just like, I do not only know how to make birdhouses, I'm a badass bitch. 
Um, so yes, yeah, so Mulan does grab the the compass, but that's actually while uh, Mary Margaret is the one who is going under because Aurora is no, you know, is now oh, in custody. I ahead? I'm sorry. No, no, I you're fine. It's all good. We're, we're monster. We're, we're, <laughs> this episode is is very. Uh, it's actually the first Once Upon a Time episode that does not have a flashback or a flash forward. It's only in present day, so it's 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 a little bit tricky to ex- to to explore and explain. Because it's jumping back and forth, but in a way that's interacting with itself. It's not yeah, like, okay. yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard, but let's go ahead and go back to Storybrooke. Let's, let's, I guess we're gonna like, you know, we've got Cora, like everyone's worried about Cora. Everyone's shitting their pants about Cora. And so Regina's gonna go find Mr. Mr. Gold in, in the diner. <laughs> with 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 Belle, a scene I liked a lot. It was great. I love Belle being like, they just need time to understand you like I do. And 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 for you know for a love story to just open up that's just so pure and magical. Like uh-huh. Belle, you should try mm-hmm. mustard. That's this world's magic, and it does come at a price. <laughs> Granny charges an extra fifteen cents. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like it does it's just like i get what they're trying to do and it's and it's cheeky and it but it's so, in the context of their relationship it's so bad what do you have in common nothing this is awful i hate it so much the more this goes on the angrier i get about it um but yeah regina shows up and granny like a um like a barkeep in an old western film is just like, well, folks, closing early today. <laughs> Closing shop, everybody. Everyone get out. No piano- refunds. I just wanted a piano player to be in the back to just stop when Regina walks in. <laughs> and it's the, the saloon doors. No, no fight here today, folks. Just here to talk to the county sheriff here about finding someone to, to, to Lacey. Just beat the shit out of my mom. And they have this weird interaction that's just very unnatural for both of them, where it's like, let's call a truce. My mom's back in town. I thought she was dead. I did, too. I thought you said you saw a body. Well, I guess she's good at tricking everybody. Anyway, I need your help. No, never. She's coming here. Oh, no. Let's go save Henry. It it just, here's Cora. We're both kind of afraid of her. So let's team up, I guess. Yeah. That's the that's the saloon conversation that happens. That's the whole the whole conversation. Um, but yeah, no, much like our, our heroes in the Enchanted Forest in Storybrooke, everybody is just gung ho focused on stopping Cora. Like, I, and and it, it's a weird again, it's a weird shift in direction because they're they're supposed to be focusing on getting them home, but now it's like they're not. It's like. That's the the in, the only info that Rumpel can give them is how to stop Cora, and he does have a plan. Is it a good plan? No, no, <laughs> no. I sorry, I answered that because you quickly. Let me think about it. No, uh, <laughs> it's a bad plan. It's a terrible plan. You almost think it was designed to be a bad plan, but it's not. It's designed to be a good plan, which is weird. But I do like Bell through this whole thing being like. Uh, like, he doesn't do that anymore. Like, he's not about magic anymore. <laughs> it's like, no, we must stop Cora. It's a must thing. Whatever. And it's just Belle being so stupid. Because, like, you can just hear Rumpel and Regina internally ro- rolling their eyes to the tops of their brains as Belle naively is like, he's good now. He doesn't do those things. He doesn't do the magics. He doesn't do the evil magics. And, and they're just like, ugh. This this is the equivalent of like trying to like tame a like a crazy frat bro, and you're just like, and like his bro his bro comes in with like a stereo and like a whole like a whole case of Bud Light. He's like, yo man, there's a beer pong or not beer pong, a beer pong tournament going on. He's like, babe, can I go? No, he's better than that. Tomorrow we're going to Home Depot to shop for tile. Doing it <laughs> like it, again. Th- my problem here isn't that 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 Rumple sucks or Belle sucks. It's that they're forcing two characters together on the pre- on the premise of that she is trying to change him, which is just such faulty logic, and it's the only character trait she has. Mm-hmm. Her entire personality trait is to change one person's entire code. His entire coding. Everything that he was, years of becoming who he is, and she's going to show up for like one day, rip down some curtains, and it's going to be different. And it's 
this is this is me being so jaded in 2020 be like you cannot change people fundamentally i don't care how cute he is about mustard <laughs> and, and it hits different now than it did back then when it first aired correct because you could still have that glimmer of hope but we've been to the other side of the of the wizards we've seen the other side of the wizards curtain he doesn't change he does not change until like the last hour of the last episodes we're so Belle's it's like that's we like, know it's in vain we're bell's friend that's like drunk at a bar with her who's been cheated on numerous times by guys we've tried to change nope barked up that tree bell run girl run i will pay for your uber out of here don't meet with him again like we're the ones trying to stop her but like she's not listening and it's fair i mean you know, what, the, know. the ladies the ladies who tavern they you know they they might just get together for karaoke and talk shit but they also care they do care. They care about they the care. people in their lives. They saw Belle that one day at the tavern, and they're like, we got to keep an eye on this girl. This girl's walking in trouble. The ladies they- who tavern, <laughs> listen, the ladies who tavern today are are belly up to Granny's bar, and they're drinking coffee because they are very hungover from their free mimosas last yep. night. They're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting there quietly. But I can just see them just, like, sipping their coffee and listening to Belle over their shoulder and just, like, catching eyes like, oh, my God. <laughs> we have to talk about this later not here everyone can hear us oh my god <laughs> it's actually kind of perfect because there is there is an extra like a, a woman who was in the episode and I, I saw this where like as as rumple and bell are talking she just keeps turning around to like look at them and like this this <laughs> I'm going back. I'm going back yeah. and I'm getting the screenshot. The original lady who taverned, she exists. She's there. Yes. <laughs> and she's just like, how do I invite Granny to become a lady who taverns? We really need to get a girl with a crossbow as part of the group. Girl girl the crossbow who can uh who can maybe uh give us some extra generous pours on Tuesday. Oh my god, night. I love it so much. Uh so yeah, so the ladies who tavern are just like soaking this all up, being like and then they're like, oh, my God, Cora's coming back. We cannot invite her back to taverning. No, she no. ruined every night. <laughs> Wait, but, how, but, but here's the question, though. How did she ruin it? Did she ruin it by being a buzzkill? Or did she ruin it by getting, by, like, drinking them all under the table and making them all look bad? I'm guessing she got drunk enough where she just knew how to dig in deep with passive aggressiveness and just twisted the knife for each and every one of them. And 100% the thing that, you know, cause you know, it's, it's, it's anyone that has like a group of friends know that you'll put up with quite a bit. Like if there's a big group of people, there's always like one, mm-hmm. I don't know about this one. The thing that broke the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was, you know, that just one Tuesday night, they all went out to celebrate and she just straight up killed their favorite bartender, took his heart right out and crushed it. I mean, listen, sometimes they're out of the good champagne and the ladies should have an understand, but Cora did not understand. Yeah. And 100% just absolutely murdered that poor boy. And then they just stopped calling her and inviting her to the house. Yeah. Yeah. So drama. So much drama with the ladies. Oh, I love it so, so, much. so much drama. Uh, so they, this is the part where Rumple and, Rumple kind of concocts this plan out of nowhere. And Henry, much like Aurora, is completely prepared to be the hero of this story. Like, I will go back. But then Henry reveals the burns on his arm. And, again, as a mother, I completely understand Regina's, like, reaction. Like, no, you're not going back in there. Not without, like, you can't go in there by yourself. You're insane. Look at your arm. You look like you just, like, shoved your arm on a stove. Like, you can't go. And so then they make the obvious decision to send David. Um, so David's gonna, yeah. I get it. Okay, on one hand, I get it. Because they're his family. But what I, what I didn't get was... Like, they know that Henry, they they mentioned that Henry got burned because something, like, the other person got pulled away very quickly. And he's gotten burned before, slightly. That said, Rumpel doesn't tell David the, um, the really, the really bad obstacle to his venture into the sleepy dumb time until he's literally about to do it, which would have been a problem Henry would not have had. No, again, but, uh, and then we'll get to this, but, like, David solves it very quickly. Uh, Whatever. He's a Um, smart cookie. But, but it was just, yeah, like, this whole thing was just weird. I didn't like any of it. Uh, Because David's like, yeah, I'll go, and then don't worry, true love's kiss, and everyone went, oh, okay. Um, And I think that this, 
I think narratively what they were trying to do was just do the like switching Kirk and Spock in Wrath of Khan being like, look, they're the, they do the same for each other. It's amazing. It was just so forced. I just, ooh. and again, like I said, they're just now explaining how all the room thing works. So I'm getting a lot of information that I don't know how to process. And again, like I said, it didn't make sense to me until as it was being explained to me. So like, I, we didn't get any lore. We don't have any like context for David will now go under a sleeping curse. He's going to prick his little finger on a, on a spinning, like on a needle, very Aurora style. Um, and he's going to go under, but OBTW, since you've not woken from the curse, you will not directly go to the red room. You will need to get there. It's a place with no door. Okay. So Henry gives him the little bobble necklace thing and says here, this is my sand art. I made it at the fair. Please, re- <laughs> please protect it with your life. And he goes, and this is my favorite thing he said, because immediately when he falls asleep and he goes into the thing, he like starts taking off the necklace and being weird with it and I'm like he's going to lose it like the moment he went there he's like I will protect this with my life takes it off puts it on the floor like <laughs> no well, he, David. well yeah he well he had it because he was like using it as like it, it was like a guide and then it got hot so he dropped it and then he realized the floor was hot it wasn't it what um it was it was things it didn't make any sense. Yeah, because also wasn't the isn't the necklace supposed to like protect you from everything? Like it shouldn't have made it hot. I do like that this is like the reverse of fire safety. Like if you feel a door or feel a door handle that is hot, don't go in there. But David's like, this mirror is hot. I have to get to the fire. Um, but he so yeah he he goes under under a sleeping curse and he gets to this little like weird funhouse mirror thing, which is admittedly kind of cool effect. Um, and. I had to laugh because the moment he drops into the room of fire, I had a thought of, and I don't know if it's just the way the CG worked in the blue or green room that they were in, but he looked jacked as hell under like, <laughs> like his arm had all this like weird contour. And I'm like, boy, he'd been, he had been working out. He's just like, I'm ready to mine. I am going to get so many diamonds. I'm going to take off my shirt and be in a tank top. It's going to be amazing. Like he just looked jacked as all hell. Um, and so he goes into the red room, um, and he 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 isn't the first one there because someone no, arrives is, before him. Yes, and it was exactly who uh, Charming thought it would be, but the other one was a bit surprised by uh, by her by her counterpart because it's Mary Margaret. Um, she realized, well, you know, Aurora's been kidnapped. She's uh, over in uh, she's over in the dungeon. Cora's bringing her food. They're having. I, I do love sassy Aurora when she feels she has nothing to lose because she does. She's very droll and doesn't give a shit. And I'm like, that's really funny to me, even though I I I, it, I don't know. Whatever. She she's oh she's no, very it's, it's hilarious because she has nothing. Like there's nothing. Like she can't torture her. What does she know? She knows nothing. She doesn't know anybody. She doesn't know where she is. She doesn't know what's going on. She has no valuable information. The only thing valuable about her is the fact that she's alive. And she knows that. She's like, like, what are you going to do? Kill me? No, you're not going to kill me. That'd be insane. Uh, And yes, I agree. I love this version of her where she's just like by herself. This is the first taste we get of Aurora's personality when like pushed into a corner by herself. And there's somebody not talking for her, which is what Mulan does a lot of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, she's she's a a bit of a pouty teenager, but in a way that works for her. So I, I did have to laugh because, and we'll just, we'll just talk about this because this is, this is the only bit of the scene that matters, but like Cora gets mad and like throws Aurora up against a wall and knocks her out. I would have loved for Aurora to randomly just show up in the red room and be like, you're all here. (laughs) We're here together. Yeah. So anyway, I had jumped ahead earlier. Uh, I, I, I conflated two stories together, but basically uh, Mulan is like, oh, I know we're, like, the only poppy tree. Like, it was all very, like, Wizard of Oz. Like, I know where a poppy field is. We'll all go fall asleep together. It's amazing. Um, yeah, because Mary Margaret, she can't just go to sleep. She she has learned to protect her mind from the Red Room of Pain 
so she's going to need to go into a super deep sleep time. Sleepy, she needs her sleepy time tea so that she can get into that red room of fire. And so they're going to make uh, another sleeping powder with the poppies, which is a reference, of course, to Wizard of Oz. And they go, they they make them simultaneously. David is getting ready to prick his finger on the spindle so that he'll go to sleep. And Mary Margaret and Charming end up meeting up in the Red Room of Fire. But unfortunately, Charming broke the sand necklace, so he can't use Henry's sand art to uh, keep the fire away. So, like, they're just screaming at each other across distances until Charming, like... He, he like, runs over the fire, and that, for some reason, fixes the fire, so they're able to kind of just have a normal conversation. <laughs> the fire's like, oh, dude, this guy's serious. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll let like, him talk. Well, yeah. guys, 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 we're gonna let him talk. Fire. So back, yeah. back, 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 yeah. we're gonna let him talk. Uh, and, and the scene was good. The scene was very sad. Um, They were so joyous at see. they were so overjoyed to see each other, uh, at, until the moment the snow realized what this meant. So, uh, uh, so before we talk about that, I, mm-hmm. I will want to say that the instant chemistry that these two have in this scene, because like he, he, he vaults over the fire and then he's just like, I found you. We'll always find each other. And this didn't, it, this didn't hit wrong. Like it made sense in this yeah. one, but it was very like, just like he, again, like I said, he looked all jacked as hell. So again, watching Bridgerton, it's all just like, heaving bazooms and just jacked dudes and stuff and so it's just one of those he definitely had that like romance arc thing where he's like looking down at her being like i will always find you so let's do this and let's wake up i'm gonna kiss you like it was just one of those reminders that they've only really been together again for like 12 hours before they got separated again um and so there's just a lot going on until it all goes horribly wrong yeah, because um, so David tells Mary Margaret uh, what what the secret, the ultimate plan is, which is uh, to get the ink that was used from the quill to trap Rumpelstiltskin, and he says there is a jar of it in his cell, which was very ironic to me because, as I saw in some production notes, the um. The, the 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 room that Aurora is held prisoner in is the exact same set that they used <laughs> for uh for Rumple's cell, also used for King George's dungeon, the dwarf mines, the evil queen's dungeon, and uh it's used for just about everything. They just film it at different angles. That's <laughs> so like they didn't even need to go anywhere. Aurora could have grabbed it. Oh my god! I'm just imagining like if you like watch it back, you can see the jar sitting there. Like they like they shot it from the wrong angle. It's not behind the rock. It's not in front of the rock. Oh my god! It's right there. Um, yeah, but they also they cannot kiss because no. they are not. They are in a dream world. The fire can burn you, but you cannot lock lips. Well, I'm wondering if they would have been able to lock lips if she hadn't started fading away, because she was fading away at that moment and he wasn't. So you, he you think makes. It- he makes a comment about it being a different plane. Like he just, he makes a comment about it being dreamland. Like they can't actually, they aren't actually kissing. Like Mm -hmm. this is just like, they're in a dream. You can't like, you know, like even though that they're both there, like, so like, which he will use later be like, remember that dream you had about me cheating on you? Well, it was a dream on a different plane of existence. Therefore it didn't count. So you can't be mad at me. Uh (laughs) Um, but I think that was the explanation of just, like, you can't do a true love's kiss when you're not physically there. Like, you cannot just, like, think really hard about having a kiss with somebody and for it to work. Like, long distance, true love kiss. Ah. That's totally um, fair. And it and it breaks their hearts. And, and that broke my heart. It was so, like, the, overall, I this episode wasn't very interesting to me. But this scene got me. Yes. Even though it was also in the Red Room of Fire that I hate and I think is really stupid and is really horrible to think about that it is existing in this show forever. Yes. Um, I do. I agree with you that the scene worked and it it is because, you know, you're you're we're all rooting for these like these two, especially up to this point where it's just like you just want them to be together. We were fighting mm-hmm. all the first season for them to be together. And then they got together and they were immediately ripped apart again. Now they're together. It's great. It's wonderful. But the David can't come out of this. Like, he 
he was all excited because he was like, don't worry. Like, he went into it with Korra confidence. Like, don't worry, I'll wake up right out of this. It's fine. Everyone else goes under a sleeping curse. Dunzo. Not this guy. Not me. If you see my biceps, I do not get controlled by sleeping curses. Uh, and then it doesn't work. So now David is just asleep. Well, see, this this part, this was weird to me. Because, like, so David recognizes he has to wait for true love's kiss. I assumed he understood that that meant in real life, not in. Are, are you saying that he assumed the red room of fire kiss would wake him up? Yeah. Okay, that was stupid. Yeah, it's a of terrible plan. Of course, that wouldn't work. Yeah, it's a terrible plan. Terrible plan didn't work. Didn't work at all. Like again, like I said, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, I don't understand what he's talking about. He thinks that they're just going to get back because that's why they try to kiss. That's why he tries to kiss her. And then it doesn't work. And he's like, oh, no, we're on a different plane. And that's why she's so upset that she's leaving because she can't help him work through this because that's what they like to do. They like to work See, the planes together. All of this is is stupid. It's David terrible. needs to understand. It need, they need to be in a tangible space. And, like, the fact that Regina and Mr. Gold seem unnerved by it as well. Like, you think that the two of them who have made this curse, who understand this curse, they would know that you can't kiss and wake up in the red room of fire that's not i, I, like, I was so confused about why everyone was so confused i like i like the idea that in this reality is that rumple knew that this would happen and just didn't care um mm. regina also knew this was gonna happen but then it was like well the only other option would be to send henry well we're not doing that so see you later david like she could give a shit about david so just see you later she doesn't need him to know anything she just needs him to be a messenger she doesn't want to send henry so she's gonna send david and, you know, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, Rumble has no dog in this fight other than the, like, Cora's coming. And, frankly, that's all the information he needed. Mm -hmm. uh, he just needs to know, hey, Cora's coming. Time to start, you know, preparing. Um, and so, yeah, so Snow starts waking up very early, by the way, from, a like, a poppy-induced sleep. Mm -hmm. Which, again, like, like we, we talked about this before. The reason she had to do that is because she cannot go to sleep without guarding herself. A girl has never been into a REM cycle. Like, since her sleeping curse. Like, this is why she's so stressed out. Like, she girl needs, like, a Xanax and to just go to bed. Like, poor woman. Girl needs her sleep. She's just, and she's you, gotta, you gotta wonder if, like, you know, she was under a curse. Do you think Mary Margaret had these sleeping issues? I would love to know if, like, she had, like, like, Hopper's just got a journal of, like, these weird dreams that, like, or some sort of terrible thing of, like, for the 28 years, you know, when she would have a Groundhog's Day situation, every night she had this dream. You know what I mean? Like, or if she had to kind of make the same growth of figuring out how to block herself from it. Yeah, because, like, David was having, he was having, like, dreams and hallucinations uh, of his time as charming after he woke up from his coma. So it stands to reason that, that, echoes would exist for other people including possibly mary margaret which is horrible to think about dear god but anyway so she wakes <laughs> up she's calm and chill for a second and then starts freaking out because david's still trapped in there he is stuck it's hard to, i mean i'm really hoping he can find his way out of the red room of fire and just explore the dark abyss because that sounds preferable than just sitting in a room of fire all the time oh yeah that's but but Snow wakes up and she's like, yes, this is our number one problem. Yes. But our number one problem is getting this ink to stop Korra. Um, but then and, a new problem arises. Yeah, that Mulan had stolen Mulan the compass stolen. To, to go get Aurora. But that's not really a problem for very long because guess what? Aurora's out. She's yeah. free. She's free like the wind. She got out because Hook set her free. And was like, go give Emma a message. Tell her I still got the hots for her. And I'm going to help. But he's not, you guys. He's, he's, he's playing all. Well, he is. He's, he is helping in a way. He is playing every single side. Because one of them is going to work. And that's all he cares about. He, I, I love this because he, like, even coming from Aurora, who we then find out is being. So here's my question. Hook shook her heart. Yeah. How? Is it, I. Well, I, I know his hook. I know his hook is enchanted. But I thought it was we like a one-time deal. Like that's what I thought. So maybe they explain it. I don't remember. So we won't get into it. It's just right now. Hook took a heart. 
uh, bad guy. Um, but Cora is speaking into the heart, which is the I think the first time we've seen this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she is talking into the heart, which means Aurora will say it. Um, and she lays it on to the point where I think. I don't remember the next episode and I don't remember how this plays out, but it definitely had this look like Snow was just like, even Mulan was kind of like, that's a lot of words she said that had nothing to do with her. This isn't Aurora. This isn't Aurora. (laughs) She's like, Emma, Hook set me free because he wanted you to know that he can like trust, like you can trust him. He's like the cutest. And he also sort of has feelings for you. It's so great. Emma's like, oh, I mean, sure. Uh, and even Hook is, you know, like, oh, I really like that. I really like that line that you said, Cora, t- to Aurora to to tell Emma. It it was very convincing, and I like that he's in his head, like internally screaming, like, oh no, it's how I feel. Oh no, <laughs> she's so pretty. I hope she likes me back. <laughs> yeah, this is a definitely uh, remains to be seen situation because I I agree with you. If I were Snow, I and, and I knew what. Cora and Regina could do because Emma doesn't really know about this whole heart thing. Snow no. knows about the heart thing. Uh, I would be sus as hell. Like I yeah. would, I would not be trusting this woman was being held by Cora. All of a sudden is free and is talking your ear off in a way that she does not normally do. I would be very suspicious, but I honestly can't remember if that carries into the next episode if I had to hazard a guess, I'm going to guess probably not. And I'm probably going to be disappointed. I don't know. I, I don't, I honestly don't remember. Like, I don't want to speculate, but it, it does. They did do a thing where Aurora was speaking in a way that didn't sound like her. Like it was very mm-hmm. obvious where it's like, this is not how Aurora speaks. She is never this sure footed, uh, especially any time that Emma and snow have known her. Um, but yeah, this, <laughs> Again, like I said, everything Mulan did in this episode put Aurora in this situation, and it, this is all Mulan's fault. Um, but yeah, so they decide, yeah, don't worry, we're gonna go to Storybrooke. Yeah, Cora says to Hook, she's like, yeah, you're coming with me, and Hook's like, yeah, totally, I'm totally going to Storybrooke. I don't know who with yet, but so far the winning team is currently Cora. Um, yeah. yeah, he's yeah, and that's that's the episode about season two, episode eight, into the deep. And deep the deep sleep. is oh, the, deep, the deep sleep. The deep sleep. I I mean, I would have loved if this episode was called Red Room of Fire because Rolling I don't know. It sounds deep. fitting to me. Yeah. Um. Uh, um but yeah, yeah, it's just. Yeah. It's just. Uh, it's fine. It's, there was it, too I, much. It was just a lot. It was a lot, and it was very confusing. As I even demonstrated earlier, <laughs> it's just confusing. Two timelines, but not two timelines. Just two parts of the same timeline. Um. Yeah, I think I think when they set up the heart lore, they they were a little like clumsy with it, which I think is true in a lot of um, shows with magic. They forget mm-hmm. that um, they forget that fans pay attention that we are lunatics, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that we like that that people will write spell books based on things like you are confined to the rules you've written, um, and you can't tell me that you don't remember what they are. Um, I did hear, I read something a long time ago that apparently in King of the Hill, there was a very big book of consistencies that they needed to follow. Like, you know, you can't have tumbleweeds. That's not the part of Texas they're in. And Dale can't take off his glasses. And da, 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 da. Like, there's all these rules that you have to clear on each episode. You can't just do whatever you want. Um, I wish more shows did stuff like that where they kept track mm-hmm. of stuff. Because you can tell that some, some shows just forget what they're doing. And they forget yeah. the own parameters that they set up. And, or they yeah. actively try to destroy them, which is like what we saw with with charms. Yes, yeah. We, you just start yeah. trying to like you you make these, and this starts happening later in Once Upon a Time, where it's like the the rules they do remember that they've set. They have to find ways to avert them, and then when mm-hmm. they find ways to avert them, they have to find ways to not do that again when faced with the same problems. So there's like, oh well, we can't do that because that doesn't exist anymore. We have to do a third option now. Secret yeah. option D and E and F. Um, as opposed to Charmed, where it was just like, there was always just something bigger building. And you're just like, at a certain point, you're done. You can't anything else. And I think, I didn't watch the show, but based on all of the criticism I've seen on it, I feel like Supernatural did something similar. Where it's like, at a certain point, you've hit the mountain. You've, as, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, Beth, uh, but jumping the shark. 
Ah, um, yes. Yes, yes. I, I, I'll explain to you what it means offline. I'm okay, sure you've okay. never heard of this. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what we'll get into later. But I don't remember any of this heart stuff. Like, I don't remember any of it. I just remember it gets a little loosey-goosey towards in this, in this season, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we're we're getting. I feel like we're getting pretty close to the end of the our time in the alternate enchanted forest. Um, I think we're, I think everyone's kind of going to start coming together. Um, Come together, yeah. And I I am excited for what's going to happen once Cora is back in their world because I remember snippets of it, like Cora with Regina. And like that, you know, in that manipulative relationship. So that's something I'm really excited to see. Um, We've still got Neil. I, Just check off gun yeah. right in the middle of another. Like you, I forget that he's been introduced. <laughs> like it's just like there is a Chekhov's gun just waiting. It is just and aren't there chilling. like secret agents who come into town? Or oh yeah, Ethan Embry shows up at a certain point. Like, I, like I don't remember when or how or how long that lasts, but that was one of the things that I remember. And I thought it happened like immediately into the thing, but maybe I'm thinking about something else. Um, but yeah, this there's there's so much to go, and I'm also now realizing, Beth, this is our last recording of 2020. <gasps> That's right. 2020 sorry sorry get out <laughs> leave <laughs> no one wants you here <laughs> i mean it's been a rough one has it hasn't been entirely bad we did bring no. back once upon a time which has been a little bit no of regrets. a respite for for me and uh, uh this nightmare yes. of a year uh 2021 shaping up to it's gonna start rough i'm not gonna lie things are things are still tough right now uh but I have hope and faith that things are going to start getting better. Same. Uh, and, you know, maybe that'll coincide with our our our, our journey into uh, Neverland. And we're going to just have a lot of weirdness going on. It's, it's gonna I don't remember weird. it, but everyone loves it for some reason. So. Oh, yeah. It's going to be weird. But you know what? We're, it's going to be weird everywhere. It's going to mm-hmm. be weird once upon a time. It's going to be weird in the world. And we're going to get through it. And like I said, Beth, this this has been the best decision we've made. I am so happy we're doing this. I'm having a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so happy to like be engaging with our fans again about this. There's so much. If you haven't already seen it, like someone made Ladies Who Tavern fan art. Um, <gasps> what? It, I, has it. I, I will have to tag you in it. I'm sorry. Please I use do. my phone for these recordings or I would look it up and credit you. I will credit you oh, in the next okay. episode because it's amazing. Uh, but it is the ladies who tavern. It's like a, it's like a, the wooden thing that you would hang from a tavern, like established, but and it has a baby dragon <gasps> reference on it. It says established oh. in 2016. Like it's a whole situation. I love it so much. Oh um, my god! But yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate everybody. I hope everyone goes into this new year with with at least a, a just just the twinkle of promise. It's just that that second star on the right. We're going to get there, guys. We're doing it. Yes, and this will be coming out to the public uh, on New Year's Day. So, hello to twenty twenty one. Welcome, yay! From the past. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but our 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 wonderful patrons will be getting it on the last day of twenty twenty. So it's like a year's difference, which is going to be very wild. But we do want to, of course, thank our patrons for your wonderful support, especially our Snow Queens. We've got Lisa Slack. Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, and Zach Tobinoff. Uh, if I have one New Year's resolution for 2021, it's to just recognize you guys more for being awesome. All of our listeners and our patrons and everybody, because you guys are amazing and you make this all worthwhile. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, you get early access to episodes. We do bonus episodes and you can even have your name credited and mentioned in each episode head to patreon.com slash oua timing you can subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts uh one of my resolutions for 2021 is to uh check on uh getting us onto spotify uh but yes. that's a little bit of a little bit of a it, it, it takes a little bit of work so that's something i'm gonna start looking into uh, in the meantime, you can also join our Facebook group. That is facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can find us on Twitter at OUA timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And 
I would like to point out that my 2021 resolution yes. will just, I just don't want to shock anybody. A little bit of housekeeping. In order to take things off Beth, who is housing a tiny baby dragon and it is just popping, coming in 2021, <laughs> yep. um, I will be taking over as lead announcer coming in and coming out. Uh, so do not be shocked, dear listeners, when next Friday when you open up an episode and it's my weirdo voice you hear telling you about <laughs> Uh, char- it's just going to be welcome to once upon a timing with shirtless charming. Like it, that's just going to be my intro. Um, but I will be taking over the reins to help Beth, um, as we get ready for a transition, uh, for a couple of yes. weeks for baby dragon. Yes, because I'm sure you couldn't tell by the end of that. I was very out of breath. I was just like, I was like, oh no, Beth. I was oh god, that this year I'll do it at the beginning. Um, so, uh, I, and it, and it was something we discussed. It's just one of those. It'll just help with the transition as we, as yeah. we move on from this. Um, we're going to try not to skip a beat, uh, too much with, with Beth going on baby dragon maternity leave. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, we don't yeah. have a plan. Just going to be transparent with you. At the we moment, don't have a plan. Are no we plans. are working. We are working on the plan yeah. and, um, and we will have an update for you guys for that soon because uh yeah baby dragon baby dragon's coming either way so. yeah because <laughs> I, and i don't know if we we if anyone's with us from the 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 previous iteration of once upon a timing but uh when i was pregnant with baby dragon i went a couple of weeks early and i didn't plan on it it was just a text to beth on monday of uh i'm having a c-section so sorry like <laughs> i'm gonna take a couple of weeks off i'm sorry uh because baby dragons are going to show up when baby dragons would like to show up mm-hmm. so anyway well just anyway so <laughs> we still we still got a little bit of time so uh 2021 shaping out to be quite an eventful year uh thanks so much you guys for joining us this year and abby we'll see you next year see you next year beth <laughs>